0: Might not be over yet. Five seconds. to no, you let it bounce. Thirteen. Thirteen. Can you believe it? He's kicked first. everyone and welcome back to the 8th episode of the Boy oh Boy Whale We podcast. Today we have a huge guest who played 124 games for North Melbourne and Geelong. He also played for Victoria in 1996 and won Geelong's Best and First in 1997. He's also an AFL manager who has managed players such as Gary Ablett and has also managed John Lewis and Son. Thanks heaps for coming on today Liam. Oh, my
1: pleasure.
0: Radio, um, how did you first get into footy and where did you start playing footy?
1: Well, I first got into footy in the country just to, you know my local town, of I grew up in country Victoria, so I uh, just played locally there in the, in the juniors, obviously, and then progressed to the senior team. We only had really under-16s and then it was reserves and seniors, so I went from the 16s to the seniors. I played a couple of years in the senior team there. We won a flag in 87 and then got drafted in nineteen eighty six. Uh, not at the end of 1987, after the grand final. So, yeah, it, was, it happened pretty quickly, I must say. I just didn't think I was up to it, but um, the 87 year was a reasonably good year. So, luckily, North Melbourne at that time called my name out.
0: When did you start, like, really taking footy seriously? Well, I always loved footy, but I
1: was also l- playing a lot of cricket. So, you know, like any kid, I guess, in the country, you, you, you know, your country life was footy in the, in the winter and forget the summer so um, I personally never thought I was going to be good enough to play AFL footy. I mean as a kid you dream of it and then I just thought oh well it's probably not going to be good enough and enjoy my local footy and was lucky enough to play in a, in a few rep teams and that sort of thing and um, I was never selected for any of the you know Teal Cup teams or anything back there. I was never even really selected for the Wimmera team until I was uh, a little bit older so um, I missed a lot of that junior stuff, but yeah, I, I guess when North Melbourne invited me, invited me down in the end of the eighty-six season to play in some trial games, um, and our area was you know, in the it was still on our route where Collingwood zoned, so I'd done a bit of junior stuff with them, you know, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen year old, but they didn't have any a lot of interest, in, and Essendon was the rest of the Wimmera. So, but once they stopped the zones, all of a sudden anyone can take players from anywhere. Yeah. So. I somehow became, uh, got onto the North Melbourne radar, which was great for me because I bowed for North Melbourne. My father had played for North Melbourne, so I was sort of a North supporter. So when they said, come down and had a run in that 87 year, I basically trained with the under-19s under Dennis Pagan all year. and it was just Because I was working in Melbourne, I'd come to Melbourne to play cricket. So, yeah, I, I basically had trained the whole year with the North under-19s, but I wasn't able to play for them. So... Um, I was going home every weekend to play for store and the senior team. So that was when I first started thinking, well, you never know. But I still probably at that stage didn't think I was good enough.
0: So if anything, you were sort of surprised in a way.
1: Pardon me, mate, I missed that.
0: If in a way you were sort of surprised that you got, that North went after you, in a way. Yeah,
1: I was, because I wasn't like dominating in the country. I mean, I was playing okay in the senior team, but... Yeah, they obviously saw something in me, but I was playing center forward. So I was playing as like a key position player, but I was only, I'm only 184 centimetres. So when, when I got drafted at the end of 87, it said centre-half forward from stall on my draft profile. It was like, gee, they'll be disappointed when they see I'm only 184. I'm just over six foot. <laughs> so, uh, if the North supporters read that, they think they've got this hulking big centre-half forward from stall, and then they see me turn up, and I end up bloody playing in the midfield. So. Um, but Greg Miller and Neville Stibbard who were the recruiters at North obviously saw something in me and John Kennedy Senior was the coach and he coached my father in stall after he'd cut onto a premiership so that he knew our family well um, but he didn't know me at all so uh, I was just lucky to get to the club that I, that I loved really as a kid so you know, it worked it worked well I, mean, I loved it because I was coming through at a great time at North because it was you know, all my, when I came in so did Wayne Swasson Johnny Longmire and, you know, Anthony Rock and Ramiro and Mick Martin, and that sort of crew was my crew. And then, next Very then was, good name, you Kerry know, yeah. and Stevens and Archer and all that guy, those guys turned up not long after. So I was, I was pretty lucky to get in when I did, I thought.
0: Leading up to the draft, did you, like, know you were going to get drafted?
1: <laughs> no, I didn't. I'd actually trained with Northall all year, as I said, in the other 19s, and I trained with the senior team. In the week before the first... That, sorry, the, in the finals, I trained with North senior team. So I was running around with Wayne Shulwush and... Oh, well, Shulwush and what it means, actually. But, yeah, you know, the Kraken brothers and all this sort of stuff. So North would give me an indication that they like me, obviously, because I've been there all year. But Melbourne invited me to come and train with them. And I went down and trained with Melbourne in the last Wednesday before... Thursday, sorry, before the last game of the year. And Melbourne had to beat the Bulldogs to make the finals for the first time in bloody 20 years or something. So... Um, I went down, there was like 5,000 people training and I was just a kid, I didn't know anyone. So they had 5,000 at the junction over watching them train because it was such a big game for Melbourne. So I genuinely thought if I was going to get picked up, I, I actually thought I might have got picked up by Melbourne. They said Burkinis, but as it turned out, it was North, which was a good result.
0: What, what was it like when you debuted for North?
1: It was a great feeling. It had taken a while. It was not until my second year, so I played pretty much all of 1988 in the reserves. Well, I had played all of the year in the reserves, and '89, I played some um, pre-season games, and started the year quite well. And I was sort of emergency for a few time, a few periods, a few games, and then I didn't get in until about round 13 or 14, and playing against Melbourne at the MCG. So. It was a great experience. He started me on the ball. I played at the centre on Brian Wilson, who was a Brownlow medalist. Um, I think I had like 10 touches. <laughs> that was about it. Finished the game on the bench with Jimmy Cracker. So, it wasn't a very memorable game. I was dropped the next week. And then I got back in a couple more times that year. Ended up playing, I think, five games. At the back end of the year, in between, getting suspended in about my third game. So. <laughs> um, but it was a great, great experience. MCG against Melbourne. It was a really, it was a really, it was before your time
0: Yeah, way before mine It was a really
1: muddy year Like the whole MCG ground, we look at the grass now and it's just perfect But back then it was just all mud So it was the wettest year on, one of the wettest years on record, 89 So um, yeah, there was hardly a blade of grass It was all just pretty much mud So I was just playing in mud all day really But it was a great experience
0: How good was it first to be drafted to the club that you grew up barracking for And then being able to play for that club as in North
1: oh it was fantastic for me I mean, as I said I, I looked up to a lot of these blokes like you know Johnny Law and Cracker Brothers and Sean Bush who ended up being the coach he, did, he was injured all year my first year and then he took over as a coach in 1990 but yeah and then you look at other guys like Steve McCann who was a you know great player for North and and then the young ones coming through Peter German and Ross Smith and Matty Larkin and, and Paul Spargo and these type of guys it was uh Fantastic. The current chairman, Ben Buckley, they were a bit older than us. And then there was a crew that I came through, Swatter and and Horse and all those boys. So, yeah, it was fantastic. We were a really close group and we're still great mates to this day. All of those North boys, Darren Crocker and, you know, all these sort of players. So, yeah, Alistair Clarkson. So, we're all really good mates. But oh, it was fantastic to play for the club that you back for as a kid.
0: during them like almost two years where you weren't getting the game did you have like did you doubt that you weren't going to ever play afl oh yeah i did and I, and I still did even when i went to geelong I, I doubted you know the first year well the first two years of AFL, forty were was just a
1: bloody blur really i got dropped for reserves game in 1988 and i didn't have a game one weekend because i just didn't get a game because we had 50 something bucks on the list and they didn't pick me one week. It was just the most shattering thing that happened to me. And then I ended up getting back in in, in my first year and ended up playing in the grand final in 88, played in the centre. And so they sort of saw me as an on-baller, but you get your opportunities when you finally got a game in the seniors and they play you in the fourth pocket. So you didn't get a lot of chance to really play in the position that you were playing okay at, at the next level. So I was a level down. So, um, yeah, it was extremely frustrating and you start, you doubt yourself. And, you know, I played at North for five years only played 22 games, so I just didn't think I was good enough. When I was at North Melbourne, I just thought, oh, they're right, I'm wrong. Uh, even though I was playing really good reserves footy, um, I just, when I'd get into the senior teams, I'd, I'd just be
0: playing in the forward pocket, not really impacting, so um, I doubted myself for the first five years of my career, really. How hard was it being like dropped from that, from the team, and then you weren't having a game, and then from AFL, I mean, from VFL and then back to the one below that.
1: Yeah, look, I'm getting dropped from the VFL team in my first year. It's just shattering. You know, I went back home to the country for the weekend and I was trying to have a game up there, but they, I they couldn't give me a clearance to play. And I was only out for a week, admittedly, and then that was not, it wasn't my concern from then on. I never. The reserves team was never an issue. It was just when you get into the senior team and every week, you're just on eggshells thinking, am I going to get dropped or am I going to get another game? So... It probably didn't really take, you know, I cemented my spot a bit in 1990. Uh, i had a really good pre-season and a good start to the year. I ended up losing my spot about, I don't know, around 10 or something. And then it was a battle from there, really, the next two years were shocking. I think I played five games over the last two years at North for a total of 22 in five years. So, four seasons, really, but five years at the club. So... Um, and then yeah, I ended up at Geelong. Ended up getting a trade to Geelong, which was when things turned around for me.
0: How hard was it to leave North for Geelong?
1: Well, it wasn't really hard because North had basically told me that I was gone. They would gave me the flick really. Um, in uh, at the end of two thousand, sorry, end of nineteen ninety two, and I'd been added to the state squad in the cricket. So for me, I just thought cricket was my go. That was my going to be my sport going forward. So I hadn't really given footy a lot of thought until Stephen Wells, who's still a recruiting manager, head head been recruiting at Geelong, rang me in and uh, and said, we want you to Malcolm Blight, want you to come play at Geelong. I thought it was a prank call. And given Geelong had just played in the grand final in 92, and I'd uh, been struggling to get a game at North. And anyway, I went and met with Malcolm Blight. He sort of said, I said, oh, I'm playing cricket, I'm doing all this. He said, well, you just don't have to worry about pre-season. Just come and train when you can, but we want you <laughs> at Geelong. And I sort of said, I'm not going to get a game. He said, well, leave that to me, I'm the coach. So he believed in me from the start, Blighty, and he was terrific for my year development.
0: What was that feeling when you did get, like, you knew you were going to play at Geelong?
1: Well, it was funny because I went on a footy trip with North, which was end of 92, we went down to Hobart, and all the boys there, and I couldn't tell them because the draft was still a little way off. And as far as they knew, I'd, I'd, been, given, I'd been delisted. So they were all saying, oh, you know, bad luck, mate. You know, you'll be right. Get into your cricket and all this sort of stuff. And I'm thinking, well, I'll be playing against you next year, boys. I'm going to long. And it was great because I ended up getting traded with one of my best mates in Lee shooter, who was also... Um, who's coaching now, he's a coach now, but him and I are great mates. But he was in the same trade as myself and and also Darren Steele, who was a really good player for North. I'm not sure why they let him go, but Lee was in the same boat as me. Tim McGrath had gone down the year before and we played together at North. So there was a bit of... um, There was a bit of... So North Melbourne field of the joint, really, with McGrath, Steele, me and Lee all within two years. So it was actually a pretty good... To be able to walk into a place where you knew some other blokes, which was good, but it was a great feeling to, to know that a club like Geelong, who, as I said, had played the ninety-two grand final, wanted me.
0: Well, did that? How much easier did that make it that you had teammates that you'd played with going to Geelong with you?
1: No, it was a lot easier. Yeah, it would have been easier again if I hadn't if I hadn't been able to go to do a normal preseason like everyone else did because because I was playing cricket and Malcolm Blight had given me a basically a green green light to, to just follow my cricket dream over that summer uh, I didn't really get to know the players all that much until I'd come down and do a session every week or it's once a week or once a fortnight running sessions and whatever so you didn't really get to know the other blokes very well so I didn't play in the first couple of games I think I was in the reserves and I think I debuted in about round three or four for Geelong and yeah, I played a fair bit of that year. I don't know how many games, maybe, maybe thirteen or fourteen, something like that. So I'd, I'd actually done okay in some of the games I'd played for Geelong. And '94, I'd started really well, um, started the year really well. and Then got a torn my quad and missed about ten weeks, ten weeks of footy, you know, from the middle of part of the year till I came back for the last game before the finals and played a game in the reserves and then second last game of the, before the finals and played a game in reserves and then played in the last home and away game in 94 and then all, all through the finals so that was when I pretty much had been in my spot I guess
0: how hard was that to miss basically half the season
1: oh it was the most frustrating thing I mean I've had I had a lot of injuries towards the back end of my career which was really frustrating too but yeah that was tough because I've never really had soft tissue injuries and you know you think a little slight tear in your quad and it kept me out for bloody 8 or 10 weeks I think it was about 10 or might have been a bit more, 10 weeks or 12 weeks or something So I just couldn't get it right I could run, no problems Standing there, I could just stand and kick no problems But kicking on the run would just continually Tear this little muscle in the quad So it was very frustrating I finally got it right just Came back and had one game in the reserves And then straight back in the senior team for the last game And then all the finals, which was good Because we played in the grand final in 94 So it was um, great to be part of
0: what was it like when you got picked for um, Victoria?
1: Yeah, again, I didn't ever expect I'd be good enough to play for Victoria. But I'd been in the squad in '95. I was emergency in 1995, so I'd been a part of that squad in that famous EJ Whitten where he did the lap game against South Australia. So I was a sort of a, you know there was myself, uh, Peter Dean, and Ross Smith were the ones, the unlucky ones that were left out on the day. So I sat in the coach's box for ninety five. I played ninety six, and then I was in the squad in ninety seven, and then didn't get a, got left out of the squad late in ninety seven. So the only game I actually played was ninety six. It was a great thrill. Uh, we played against the allies, which were you know Tasmania, Queensland, New South Wales clubs. Well, they were a pretty good side, but we were we had a good side, so we we're, were never going to beat us.
0: How? What was your feeling when you won the Geelong Best and fairest?
1: Well, surprised as much as anything, um, because I'd missed four games that year. So, you know, it, which meant that it was going to be difficult to win the best at first when you miss four games. So, um, luckily, I guess that I did poll in every game, so I was consistent in '97. I was '95. I had a much uh, more productive year when it comes to um, I hit got a lot of the ball in '95, and and finished third in the best and first in 95, and then 97, I was I was really consistent, but playing not so much just on ball, I was playing a little bit forward, but mainly on ball. Um, but I had a really good final series, which was where I hell I got over the line at the BNF, is that I played a couple of good finals. So that got me over the line, and i glad Kilpatrick's still spewing about it. As I said to him after the, after the night, he said, ''Oh, you got me because you kicked those three goals against Adelaide in that final.'' <laughs> I said, no, you had a four-game head start, killer. <laughs> <laughs> Don't complain. <laughs> anyway, I was still surprised on the night. I thought I'd pull okay, but I didn't win.
0: How hard was it to lose two grand finals in your career?
1: Uh, really difficult. Like 94 for me was my second year at the Cats. Um, West Coast were the clear favourites. We'd won two finals after the siren you had to get there. So we had some cracking wins. We won the first final in 94... Against the Bulldogs, where Billy Brown kicked that famous goal, where he was the King of the Geelong, and then the next week we played against Carlton out at Waverley, who were the Premiership favourites, and knocked them off. And then we played in arguably the best prelim that's ever been played in 1994, where we beat North Melbourne. Gary and took a mark with one or two seconds left on the yeah. clock, with the scores level. So. Yeah, that was a great feeling that, to know that we were playing in the grand final and then we turned up on the day in West Coast. We were in the game a quarter time and they just ran all over us after quarter time. We were probably spent, to be fair, by quarter time. But, um, 95, we went in in a really good frame of mind. We were clearly in the best two teams of the, that year. We were clearly in the best two teams. Well, we finished second to Carlton, but we played against them during the year. They beat us by maybe a goal at, at Princess Park. And then we got them in the grand final day, and dude, we couldn't have played any worse. They played great, but we couldn't have played any worse. There's no way they'd ever beat us by that much again. It's that, that those two teams, we just had a stinker, and that was a real, that was a tough one. That was a tough one to swallow. '94 was a bit of a hit and hope, I guess. You know, you're glad you're there and whatever, but '95 we gave ourselves a really good chance, and on the day we just we played so poorly. It was, it was such a disappointing day.
0: Even though you did lose in the grand, them two grand finals, success, how much positive did you take away from them years?
1: Oh, for me it was, yeah, well, you do take, you take a lot of positives. You know, that you, to get there, you've got to have won some big games and you've got to have played in some big games. So, you know, it was, you know, pride of myself, I guess, on how you perform against the best players and when you're playing finals, you're playing against the best players. So the fact that we were able to get there was great. Um, it's always a bit of a better feeling when you when you lose grand finals because we don't celebrate runners-up, do you? You no. know, As much as people ever laugh about it, you don't celebrate them like you do if you're apprenticeship players. So, yeah, it's pretty hard, hard to cop, but, you know, you take a lot of positives out of it that you know that you know, you're up against the best players in the competition and you're able to at least perform as a team. So that's what you take out of it.
0: How hard was your decision to retire and what led to that?
1: The decision to retire.
0: Yeah,
1: oh, I was, was shot, mate. My body had broken down at the end of the start of nineteen ninety seven. I, I dislocated my shoulder in a practice match, and the scan didn't pick it up. So I played with it for three games, and it was no good. Um, it was sitting out at the back of the joint, which I didn't know. So no wonder no, it was in a lot of pain. But I was playing, and then I ruptured my PCL, my posterior cruciate, in round five or six. You know, in a game my shoulder was already no good and then I did that and that kept me out for the last 16 weeks of the year so um, that was frustrating and then that was in 98 just after coming off winning the best and fairest um, so that year was shot for pieces I think I played three games and I got myself back and my knee was still struggling a bit but my shoulder was no good uh, I had a reconstruction not, not till the end of the year and then played 99 and played you know, average to be honest. I was you know, I was I was part play, I played okay but I wasn't I wasn't the player that you know, you, you know you are not the player that were two years prior. And then I was contracted for two thousand so I was on my list in two thousand but again with a cook shoulder and then did my hip in round middle of the year playing in the seconds and I never really looked like getting a senior game to be honest. I hate Mark Thompson at any intention of picking me, And probably rightly too because I wasn't you know, yeah, young group coming through. It was Bombers' first year, and I was probably battling a bit. I, I thought I could step up and, and be okay if they put me in, but they, just, they didn't put me in the first bit of the year, and then I hurt my hip, and I they, you know, which has led to a hip replacement and a shoulder replacement. So by halfway through 2000, 2000 year two thousand, my last year, the doctors have just told me that yeah, you know, you're going to need a hip replacement. So yeah, you know, we'll, we might be able to get you back for one or two more reserves games, but. Our advice is to retire. So, but I'd already made my mind up that was going to be my last year anyway. Um, I could have quite easily retired at the end of nineteen ninety nine, to be honest. But I wanted to give myself a good preseason and have a go at it. But yeah, I was—I'd I'd come to the realisation. I'd been pretty realistic all the way through that, you know, given all the you know all the tough times at North Melbourne. You know, when you're playing in and out of the senior team and you're in reserves mainly, that you sort of had. We we're all working outside of footy, so I was sort of ready to retire. I was thirty-two, so you know by the end of that season, so I was, I was done. I was done and dusted anyway. But
0: so it didn't really affect me all that much because I'd sort of already planned for it. Yep. So you knew you were going to. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I wasn't all of a sudden at twenty-five. You know, just axed. Like I mean, I was thirty-two. I was coming to the end on I yours. I at the end, I was. You know, I was had other stuff going on off the field, work-wise. So. Um, so from that perspective, it was um, I was ready to retire.
0: Who were some of your idols growing up?
1: My idols growing up were all North Melbourne guys, so Malcolm Blight and David Dench and Keith Gregg and Wayne Shield and and then a little bit later on the Cracker Brothers and you know, these type of players. So yeah, I was a I was a massive North fan. So anything to do with North Melbourne, I was I was loving those older blokes. They were all champions for mine.
0: What was the favourite moment of your AFL career?
1: Favourite moment was probably the 1994 preliminary final where it was such a ferocious game. The minute, or the two minutes after after siren and Gary kicks, takes the mark, kicks the goal and you realise that your whole life, all you've talked about is getting to an AFL grand final. That was probably the highlight for me. Was I mean, there were big games that were great highlights but that to me was just like, every boy's dream we're about to live which is to play grand final day you know in in the big league in front of 100,000 people
0: Who are some of the best teammates you've played with and who are some of the best players you've played against?
1: Oh best teammates oh jeez i played with some of the very best you know players um well the best players i played with were obviously Gary Ablett Senior Gary Hocking um Wayne Swoss, I really rated Wayne Carey, Johnny Longmire. Um, so I was lucky to play with a lot of champions. Lot of them of Peter Riccardi, Matt, you know, names. Peter yeah Barry Stoner, Michael Mansfield, Billy Brownless, you know, you name know it. Couch, Paul Couch. You know, those type of guys are just fantastic to play with. My best teammates, there's some guys I love playing with. Oh, look, Tim McGrath, Brad Scholl, Lee Tudor, um, Lee Colbert. Just great, great teammates. Mick Mansfield. Just fantastic guys to play with that I love. I love playing with. I love lacing up the jumper. Not lacing up the jumper these days, but putting the jumper on, knowing that if I go out the ball with these folks, put a hocking in these guys, you know what they're going to give you. Now, um, to play against? Um, well, I played against some of the bloody best players. I mean, obviously, Carey, I played against as well, but I never played on him. But the players that I actually played on, jeez, bloody. Craig Williams, Nathan Buckley, Robert Harvey, <laughs> every team had them. Some <laughs> of the matter. greatest of all time. It didn't matter who you played against; they all had great midfielders. So you know you'd miss one. You know you play against West Coast, you have got Dean Kemp. You play against Brisbane, you have got Craig Lambert and I mean, Michael Voss and Simon Black. And luckily, yes, like, they were at the start of their career. I was at the end, thankfully. But you know it didn't matter who you played. North Melbourne, it was Wayne, you know Wayne Swoss, Anthony Stevens. These type of guys, you know, Hawthorne, Darren Jarman, <laughs> the Adelaide, bloody Mark Rusciuto. It didn't matter. Like, every week you're up against you, knew you yeah. had a good opponent. every
0: team, every week you had a tough opponent.
1: Yeah, you never got one which was, you You know, or you thought, oh, I'll have a day out today because I'm playing on this bloke. It was always, oh, God, I'm having my work cut out today. I'm up against bloody Nicky winmar or someone. <laughs> like, you know, it's just yeah, it was it was a half a nightmare in the midfield because back then we, it wasn't like you just, you know, because these guys were so good, you had to give them attention. You had to actually play on them like you are playing on a... like a defender playing on a forward. Nowadays, they just run around doing their own thing. But yeah. back then, it was like, geez, if I'm playing on Greg Williams, there's no point me running around having 20 touches and him having 45. I think mean, we've got to come out and nullify him. You know, so that was always the... that was always the, the tough one is you go, all right, well, who is it today? It's Gavin Brown from Collingwood, right? So I've got Brown. Um, Glenn Kilpatrick's got... Uh, Buckley or Shawnee Simpson's running with Buckley or you know what does Brownie do he's a marking player right okay he's different to you know a Craig Lambert who'd burrow in at a pack and Brett Ratten they'd get in after the ball at a pack and wouldn't matter how close you were to them they'd still have to feed out a handball you know it's just like you know every team just had those great midfielders and back then every team had great forwards so you know it was a good, really good era to play in like the 90s were a fantastic era because there's so many good players
0: yeah, one of, probably the probably the best era. Well,
1: it's a great era to watch. I mean, I think yeah. when we went into COVID the first time, a lot of people talked about, um, you know, the old team, the old games on telly. Yeah. It was pure footy. That was pure footy back then. Like, there was a game that was on, which was 1993. Essendon won the flag in 93. It was early in the year. Gary Ablett kicked 14 goals, 7 for us. And Paul Salmon
0: kicked ten for Essendon.
1: Yeah, and they beat us. They beat us. He seven himself.
0: These days, when someone kicks like eight, the team just wins by like tons. And there's like never like two like two players, one from one team, one from another, who'll kick what six each.
1: No, you won't see that these days. But it's just—it's not the players' fault. I'm sure they could if they were playing the same footy we played in the 90s. But yeah. they're not. They're playing team defence and the ball's that slow getting to them. We mm. can break out of the middle and it's one kick and the full forward's got it on his chest. Yeah, or, And he's against one opponent. He's not against four hanging off him. So mm. it's not the players of today. They're bloody good players. There's some great players today who would have gone really well in the era. But, and our guys, look, I look at every team had a great full forward. So that was the other thing. So you play against Hawthorne, it's Jason Dunstall and Dermot Brereton. They're their forwards. You play against Buddy mm. St-Killer and it's Stuart Lowe and Tony Locker.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, it didn't matter who you played against. North Melbourne, it was Wayne Carey and John Longline. Like, so you just go through all these great teams. Tony Modra played for Adelaide.
0: Yeah, every, every team just had.
1: had. So, you know, you never really got a day where it wasn't going to be reasonably high scoring. I mean, there were some ordinary teams, like, you know, back in that, that era as well. Fitzroy had their, had their battles in that era and... Bulldogs for a couple of years, but they got better towards the end of it. Um, they were a good team actually by the end of the nineties. But early in the in the nineties, they weren't much good, you know. And Seagulla had their times. They were good in the early nineties. Then they had a couple of ordinary years where they rebuilt. Then they were bloody good. You know, back into the nineties. So, and then the new teams came in. West Coast were always in trouble to play against. So a hard, hard team to play against. So a good team
0: how did you get into um sports management
1: well i fell into it really mate to be honest um yeah it was uh i was coaching at the tac cup level i was t- coaching at the western jets and i'd retired from 40 and i was working for a sports company called feeler sports um, you know clothing wear company um clothing company uh and i was just offered the job it was Johnny Longmire's job, as it turned out, because Johnny Longmire had been doing player management for IMG, a big management company, and John got approached by the Swans, by Rodney Ead to go and coach at the Swans. So he said, I'm going to go and take this opportunity to move to Sydney and coach at the, at the Swans as assistant coach to Rodney Eade. And, and he said, I think they want to talk to you about my job. But at that stage, John was managing and I was coaching. So we did a complete flip. <laughs> so the horse. The horse ended up going up there and, and we're sort of really like we're best mates so he was best man at my wedding and i was best man at his, and all that sort of stuff so so we basically swapped jobs so it's gone full circle now because now i'm his manager so anyway but uh i sort of fell into it mate in
0: answer your question what is it what's it been like to manage afl great such as ebbelt rebolt swan and lewis yeah well great yeah
1: it's been good fun it's been a good journey um, over the years, geez, have had some great players to manage, you know, Buddy Franklin and all these sort of guys. I mean, bloody fantastic players. But Gary, Gary's been great. Like, they're all great blokes. Like they all they all give you challenges in different ways. But you know, every one of the guys you've mentioned are just rippers. I mean, they're guys that I that I yeah you know, became good friends with and I'm pretty close with. And you know they respect your opinion, but they'll say their own. And you know it's it's a good little good little challenge, and I really enjoy it. Um, you know, I love the cut and thrust of the deals and I love the cut and thrust of the trade period and all that sort of stuff. But um, there's some, you know, it's not all beer and skittles. It's this got, this got job. I mean, it's competitive. It's hard to get kids to sign. You know, they're bloody kids, you know, 18-year-old kids. I don't know, 17-year-old kids. I don't know whether I'm a good manager or whether I'm a terrible manager. So you've got to half-sell yourself. So that's where it gets a bit harder, I guess. As the kids get younger and I get older, it's, you know, trying to work the difference out between... Yeah, you know, which management company to go for? There's about eighty or ninety accredited agencies under them out there, nearly. So, um, so it is
0: competitive. How much has do you think the change, the game has changed since you were playing?
1: Oh, it's changed enormously. The things we just spoke about, you know, I mean, it's no longer a, a one-on-one game. It's no longer an opponent-driven game. It's a team defense zone sort of setup. Um, the coaches have got a fair bit of input now. There's no free-flowing footy. So it's a completely different game. Like, I still I love watching it. Don't get me wrong. but I get frustrated by the lack of scoring. I get frustrated by the go-slow tactics. And, then, you know, 36 blokes are all around the ball. Joe's new mad. We played positions back in the 90s. Now it's all... In the 2000s, we played positions. So, um, yeah, you know, then that's where the difference is now. They don't really play positions as such. They play... Zone. As a, as a defensive zone, you know. So as opposed to...
0: Yeah, you know, playing on full-forward, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. I think that's everything I've got for today, Liam. Thanks heaps once again for coming on.
1: No, no worries at all, buddy. I hope it, uh, hope it, hope it goes well and I look forward to listening to a few of your guests
0: and getting you a couple more. Thank you. Rightio, yeah, now we'll just jump into the round of reviews. So on Wednesday, Tigers bet dogs pretty comfortably in the end. Dusty had himself probably the best game of his of this year for himself, three goals, 126 touches. Jack McRae, 37 touches. Jane Short, 21 touches. And Dylan Grimes was solid again in defense with 18 touches and six marks. Moving on to Thursday night, Port had demolished Melbourne. Port are my flag favorites this year in Melbourne. Just had a bad game. Tommy Rockcliffe, 21 touches, 10 tackles. Gorn had 40 hitouts, 11 disposals. Trav Boak, 25 touches, and Sam May, since he's coming, has been brilliant. 1 goal 1, 19 touches, and 6 marks. Then Friday, Hawthorne and Carlton. Carlton had a very big choke in this one. After quarter time, they just went missing. Tom Mitchell back to his Brownlow form, 28 touches, 8 tackles. Paddy Cripps, 1 goal 2, 27 touches, and Jack Gunston, 3 goals 1, 16 touches. After quarter time, it was 12 goals, 5 to 4 goals, 3, which is just shocking. Eston versus Brisbane. Brisbane pumped Essen in this one. Lucky Neal, Brownlow favourite. Easily tw- 2 goals, 33 touches. Woodson 25 touches and 4 marks. And Dane Zorko, 1-1, one one, 19 touches. North bet Adelaide comfortably by 69. To be honest, I don't see North... I'm w- um, not North... Adelaide winning a game this year. it will probably come somewhere out of the blue, but Luke's um, just playing shocking footy. Jed Anderson was good again. One goal, 28 touches, 8 tackles. Luke McDonald had 35 and 8 marks. And Aaron Hull, two goals, 20 touches, 9 marks. Moving on to St Kilda and Sydney. St Kilda absolutely pumped the Swans by 53. Luke Parker, 27 touches again. Jack Steele, 23 and 6 tackles. Nick Hime was good with 3 goals and 16 touches. And Hunter Clark, good again. 1 goal, 1, 20 touches, 6 marks. Another A very good game, this one. Watched it mostly game. West Coast vs Geelong. Good plays in this one was Dom Shade, 2 goals, 1, 24 touches. Tim Kelly had 23. Mitch Duncan, 1 goal, 21 touches, 11 marks. And Tom Stewart, 22 touches and 10 marks. Moving on to Sunday's games. Gold Coast vs Giants. Giants got up 61-35. It's actually pretty close scoring shots. Gold Coast just didn't take their opportunities. Four goals, 11-9-7. Lockie Whitfield, 29 touches, 13 marks. Jacob Hopper, one goal, 2-27 touches. Josh Kelly, one goal, 28 touches. And Jeremy Cameron kicked 2. Moving on to the last game of the round, Freo and Collingwood. Collingwood just aren't looking themselves at the minute. They're not playing very good footy, in my opinion. Freo had a very good game, put on good pressure, though, I feel. Matt Taverner kicked four. Other key players were Luke Ryan, 25 touches, seven marks. Steel Sidebottom bottom had a very good second half. Two goals, 25 touches. John Noble, up-and-coming halfback for the Pies, will be good for them in the future. Twenty five touches, seven marks, and David one D, Monday one goal and twenty three touches. My tips for this upcoming round, I'll do two round two rounds in advance, because before the next episode there'll probably be two rounds done. So Monday, Port vs Dogs. I'm gonna have to go port. I think they'll get up, it'd be a good tight contest, but I'm gonna tip port by fourteen points. Tuesday Richmonds and the Lions at Metricon. This would be a nice, good contest, but I think Lions will just get up by six, by goal. Cats and North. Cats will pump North here. Cats will get up by seven goals. I reckon. Adelaide and Melbourne, Adelaide and Melbourne at Adelaide Oval. Melbourne bounce back after bad performance against Port, and they'll get up by five goals. Collingwood Swans. Collingwood need a bounce back here. If they don't, if they lose this game. I don't know what's left for their season, but Collingwood should get up pretty comfortably. Gold Coast and St Kilda will be another good game, I feel, but Saints will just run over the top of them. Saints will get up by three goals. And Friday, Essendon and GWS. GWS to get up by 50 points. Essendon just aren't in very good form at the minute. And West Coast, Carlton, Frio and Hawthorne have the buys in that round. And then the next round, Port and Richmond. I'm tipping Port, Saturday Adelaide Oval, home ground advantage. Have the fans. Port will get up by three goals. Lions and Dogs. Lions should get up. I'm tipping them by four goals. Lockie Neal to have another good game. West Coast in Taunton. West Coast in that good form. Now that they've got most of the rest of their season over at Optus, they should get up by five goals, I think. This would be a good game, this next one. Melbourne and North. I'm going to tip Melbourne. Just get over the top. Be very good rocking, be very good contest in the rock. Two of the best rocks, apart from Grundy, Gorn, and Goldstein going at it. But yeah, Melbourne should just get over the top. Then Monday, Geelong and St Kilda, another tight game. I feel, but I'm gonna tip St Kilda just to get over the Cats. I think they'll just got more league power, so they should win by I think seven points. Dockers and Hawks, Hawks had a good game at Optus but also did Freo, so I'm going to tip Hawks by 7 points in this one. Adelaide versus Collingwood. Collingwood, this could be the game that just gets them going again. They should get up by 10, 11 goals, I feel. And then Gold Coast and Essendon. Gold Coast should get up this one comfortably. Essendon have that many injuries at the minute and just aren't in good form. Don't really have a forward at the minute, so I'm going to tip Gold Coast comfortably. Now, a viewer question for this week coming in from Will Bester. Are Collingwood premiership contenders if they can play like they did the first couple of rounds after we come back I feel like they are but their last two rounds have just been shocking mate um I think you'll agree as the Collingwood support. they just haven't got the ball movement that they like and it's not fast footy like we're used to seeing from the pies and it's just slow so that's my answer for that one I think they are if they can bring back their fast footy that they play now we've got another viewer question coming in from the Back Pocket Banter. Don't forget to go check out their podcast as well. Do you think Hawks can make the eight after last week's performance? Um, boys, I don't reckon we will. It's our only, one of our only good games for the year. We still didn't play a full game. That first quarter was shocking. That's how we've been playing the last couple of weeks, but it was good. The last three quarters were good. That second quarter, I mean, if any team could play like that for all their quarters and and would win every game. But I personally don't think we will slip behind too much. And if you slip behind, I feel like it's hard to come back because the comp's that even and there isn't really any bad teams apart from Adelaide. So personally, I don't think that Hawthorne can make it into the eight after their start. Another question coming in here from Liam Walsh. Who can contest Neil for the Brownlow? In my opinion, I personally don't think anyone can. There's some players that might be able to use. Adam Trelaw averaging 30 disposals, only at 56%, which won't help him. Four score involvements, two marks, and six clearances. He's just a beast, just gets tons of the ball. If he can fix up his ball, he'll be a genuine option, I feel. And if Collingwood can get back on the winner's list, that'll help him as well to poll votes. Another one, Clayton Oliver averaging 26 touches, an absolute contested beast. Three score involvements a game, four marks a game, six clearances a game. And six tackles a game. He's just a beast. It's a bit like Jack Steele, just clearance, bully, and also a tackling beast. And then Christian Petrarca. This guy's as good as Dusty at the minute, I feel. Averaging 24 touches at 72%, which is unreal. 0.8 goals a game, four marks, three clearances, four tackles. And 88 fantasy points. He's just a bully. Like, because he's so fit now, he can get to all the contests, which helps him. Last year he couldn't really, so now that he's got his fitness levels up, he's a genuine chance. Another one we got is Max Gorn, averaging 31.7 hitouts and 16.2 touches for Ruckman. He's in rip and form, better than Grundy at the minute. Averaging four score involvements, five marks, three clearances as well. Also, another one I might get a bit of grief for is Todd Goldstein, averaging 16 touches a game, 0.5 goals, 2 marks, 6 clearances, he's just a beast, and 31 hitouts. he's the reason North have been in some of their games, he's just, a, he's actually number 1 in the league for clearances, which you think, really? like, But nah, he's... Everyone thought he was done and dusted, but he's taken his game to the next level this year and is just behind Max Goran as the second best Rockman this year. So that's the answer to my question, Liam. Um, that's everything for this week's episode. Hope you enjoyed it and don't forget to tune in next week and the weeks after to listen to some good content. It might not be over yet. Five seconds to go. King kick-